2: Let's get it going on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, a part of the Fan Sided Podcasting Network and ArrowheadAttic.com. I'm Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I'm joined as always by Sterling Holmes of ESPN Kansas City and 810 Sports Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at K C. Sterling, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing great. It's, uh, my birthday is on Saturday, which would have been extremely fun if it wasn't for this quarantine. So, you, you know, just living it up, just trying to do what I can. I'm getting a whole bunch of new books from Barnes & Noble. I'm going to read Barry Zito's Curveball. That's the, the next one. It actually just came to my front uh, steps before we got on the show. So I'm extremely excited to read that.
2: Yeah, I feel bad for anyone who has a a birthday, you know, during quarantine. Hopefully we're out of this by November, whenever it's my birthday. But happy early birthday to you.
3: Thank you. Appreciate it. My birthday present? <laughs> birthday present <laughs> is hopefully the Chiefs don't draft a running back in the first round. That's all I want.
2: Well, Brett Reach has some uh, some high standards to fill then. He, he cannot disappoint you this close <laughs> to your birthday, I don't think. Right.
3: Let's hope not.
2: But if you're looking for another good baseball book, I would I would suggest uh, it's called Baseball's uh, Coffee Club. It's about all the guys in baseball history that that only played one game in Major League Baseball, and there's a good <laughs> role story in there too. So uh, oh, it's, it's I mean, pretty much worth your the.
3: The pitcher that pitched against the Yankees, correct?
2: Uh, no, it was the it was the I backup he catcher. Gave like, uh,
3: he gave like nine in, runs in like three innings.
2: <laughs> yeah, they but they followed the the backup catcher who. Uh, Trey Hillman was the manager, and they called him up. And uh, you know he he sat on the he sat on the bench. He got into one game. Uh, he didn't get in at bat that game. Uh, and then they and then he said, please just let me go to Boston. That was the next road trip. Uh, let me go to Boston. I'm from Boston. I just wanna I just wanna suit up in Fenway. I don't even gotta play. I just wanna suit up and sit on the bench because all my family's there. I'm from Boston. And Trey Hillman says, okay, you can go to Boston. They fly to Boston. They get there. They get to Fenway Park. And then they send him down. It was the most ruthless story oh, I've ever heard. And it goes into greater detail. And that, that kind of sums up Trey Hillman, though, I think.
3: Oh, dark days. Dark days.
2: Yeah. But, hey, a couple AL, AL titles and a World Series title, and away we go. But another bright spot has to be the fact that Patrick Mahomes is now the top jersey seller in the NFL. This is pretty cool.
3: It's pretty cool being a fan of what seems like the most popular player in the NFL right now. You still have a couple of Tom Brady fans and Patriots fans, the occasional Aaron Rodgers fan on Twitter who will get at you. But let's be real here. It's so much fun being a fan of not only the best player or best player in football, but who seemingly is an outstanding stand-up guy. It's so easy to root for Mahomes. He makes it so fun. I'm no, I'm not surprised at all that his jersey is the bestseller.
2: I'm not either, and and you summed it up pretty well. It's just, it's just the fact of not only is he great. Again, I've called him on the show many times, the best quarterback I've ever seen play the game. But it's the fact that no one can hate him. You can say, well, you know, Lamar Jackson's pretty good. You, you can say that you prefer, you know. Aaron Rodgers, because of the longevity, you can say you prefer Tom Brady for the same reason, but no one just hates Patrick Mahomes and despises him uh, in a, you know, calling him overrated or anything like that. They, they hate that he, you know, destroys their teams, but they don't hate him as a person or, or he doesn't get any pushback. You know, people hate Tom Brady and, and, and all the greats seem to have a, a, a negative following with them. I'm sure as he continues to wreck the league, eventually the haters will pile up, not because of anything he's done uh, besides be really good at football, but It's just refreshing to to have a superstar face of the league who is universally loved. And I mean, I think that Lamar Jackson is going to be the same way. You know, you can say that, hey, he's only a runner. It doesn't work in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, you still love watching Lamar Jackson and you still root for the guy because he's such a a good guy, plus Russell Wilson. So I think football is in good hands with the quarterback position.
3: Yeah, I mean, looking at the quarterback position as a whole around the NFL, there's a lot of good, fun players to root for. You mentioned it, Lamar Jackson. I think Russell Wilson is so easy to root for as well. Yes, he's pretty corny, but he's relatable. you know. I think Russell Wilson may be the second best quarterback in the NFL, and he's also a great guy, someone that I feel like you would be proud to have his jersey and be proud to be a fan of.
2: Are you a jersey guy?
3: Not football. I, I still have my Priest Holmes jersey. It's signed, but it's a Priest Holmes jersey from when I was like 12. Uh, I'm more of a baseball jersey guy or a – I used to be a huge basketball jersey guy. I used to love wearing more obscure guys in middle school like Sharif Abdul Rahim jerseys. You know, That was more my scene.
2: I like that. My first basketball jersey was Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, my second one was Nick Collison and then Jeff Green the next day. So I my the biggest player one of the best players jersey I ever had was um, I had a Dirk jersey because he was my he's my all-time favorite player and then I got a Kevin Durant jersey which we know how that ended but uh, nonetheless yeah basketball jerseys has been more my speed. I've had two football jerseys. One was a Larry Johnson jersey. The other one was an Antoine Randall L jersey. How did you
3: get an Antoine? Redsk-
2: Redskins, Antoine Randall. Yeah, dad, yeah,
3: yeah. That's a uh, that's a wild one. Not not common. I w- I wouldn't imagine.
2: Yeah, it, it's. It, I don't think that there's a lot of people rocking the the Burgundy and Gold the Antoine Randall jersey. But yeah, I'm not a big jersey guy either. I, I think it's kind of sacrilegious that we don't have Mahomes jerseys. But uh, the games kind of pass me by for jerseys. I think. I think. To, to, I think the games pass me by. To be
3: honest. The pretty much only jersey I really want right now, because I don't like to get the, the most popular players ones. I like going a little more obscure. You know, show them some love. Traverius Ward. I want a Traverius Ward
2: jersey so bad. I'll tell you what. You get a Traverius Ward jersey, I'll get a Ricky Seals Jones jersey. <laughs> We're gonna, we'll do a live podcast outside of Arrowhead, and then we'll go into Arrowhead and rock the jerseys and, and you know, just root for our guys.
3: I love it. I, I think they need to get shown some love. Patrick gets enough. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, they get shown enough love. Let's show Chaverius Ward yeah. and Ricky Seals Jones some love.
2: Do you think that they're going to make Ricky Seals Jones jerseys, though? Like, do you think I can even purchase no. one without having no. to customize it?
3: you got to customize it. you got to completely customize that bad boy. you got to make sure he's going to wear that number, too. That's got to be a big concern. Make sure someone uh, else I'll have to buy that t- week, too. Yeah, yeah. you got to make sure. <laughs>
2: I think it'll be good though we've talked about that a lot. I have one more question though about fashion while we're on it. Um, the hair the the fake Mahome's hair. <laughs> I've been on the record saying that I think it's stupid, but I want to get your take on that.
3: All those things are they have big divorce dad energy on it. You know, the kind of guy that goes to Vegas, dresses up, loses a lot of money, you know, stays up, doesn't sleep. And then comes back and says, Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. That's the kind of guy that wears the the Mahomes hair. The same kind of guy that wears the visor when he golfs with the fake hair on it, you know, that drinks twelve bush lights oh, yeah. and then gets kinda you know that's the same guy. I, I feel like that's the same guy. But again, I don't know how much advice you should be taking from me. I always made fun of guys with man buns, but I kind of have one right now because there's no barbers open and my hair is so long in the front and I don't want it in my face. So I got a little front man bun going on right now. It's not a good look. So maybe I'm the last person you
2: should ask. That could be the summer 2020 trend, a front man bun. Yeah. So I look like a,
3: like, like Sasa Vuichik, You know, if you remember, like, I look like a European <laughs> NBA basketball player. That's what I look like right now.
2: Need to get a headband on you and everything. I think that the Mahomes wigs are fine if you're a little kid. If you are if you are in middle school and above, you look stupid. <laughs> I'm just, just going to say I mean, you look stupid and and I hope that that Mahomes is cashing in on this, you know, the, the the Mahomes wigs, but I never want to get to the point where I I want a fake Mahomes wig. And I love Mahomes again, called him the greatest quarterback of all time already. But there's better ways to root from homes, I think, than, than putting a ridiculous wig <laughs> on, on. No,
3: I, I completely agree. At the same time, though, if it makes someone happy, you know, it's not bothering me. Besides being a little weird, you know, let them be happy.
2: While we're on the topic of hot takes, though, one one more that I don't know if Chiefs fans will like. I, I love the Chargers jerseys. They're not going to win in them, but I love them.
3: Oh, no, they're, they're they're outstanding jerseys. I haven't seen many Chiefs fans, even on Twitter hating on them that the best thing i saw was all the the chargers jerseys because there's like six of them in a row and they're all chasing tyree kill i thought that was very clever (laughs) they're they're really really good the the chargers nailed this um i don't think they could have been really any better the only one concern or one negative i saw people say was the number on the helmet but it looks pretty cool I, i i think it actually looked good in that in that uh Uh, scheme so I was a big fan of what the Chargers did
2: yeah I I like the number on the helmet I think it's a nice touch to to, you know their old school uh, throwback jerseys I I love everything about their jerseys and I think that they're the only team that really hit it out of the park I mean I mean the Bucks went back to you know their 2000 you know early 2000 days they didn't go creamsicle which would have really knocked it out of the park for me uh, personally if you went creamsicle but I think that they're the only team that that makes you sit back and go, wow, that's a really good jersey. Falcons, yeah. the gradient one is stupid. Other than that, it's fine. You know, the the Bucks are fine, but the Chargers, that is a fashion statement. That if I was a jersey guy and I didn't hate the Chargers, I, I would get a Chargers jersey.
3: Is this a little bit of a uh, hot take? I don't hate the Chargers the way I hate the Raiders and the Broncos. The Chargers have I don't only. I think that's a hot take. I mean, the Chargers have only been, like, regular season good. You know, they, they've they been decent in the regular season, but I didn't like Phillip Rivers, but I had nothing against the Chargers. I, I always liked their colors. They never won. They never really beat the Chiefs that much, when, at least, you know, in the modern era. So I'm not—I never had a problem with the Chargers. They're, they're like, like the little brother that you're like, you know, go ahead. I'll root for you when you're not playing the Chiefs. Oh, I'll give you a little—I would never root for the Broncos. I would never root for the Raiders. But the Chargers, I'm like, eh, let's throw them a bone.
2: Yeah, on top of all that you said, the the fan base, too, builds builds a rivalry. They're by far the least annoying fan base in the division, including the Chiefs. They're by far, the Chargers are by far the least annoying fan base in the division. Oh,
3: 100%. Well, because they don't have any fans. All, yeah. seven, all seven of them, you know.
2: It's kind of a backhanded compliment, so.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's all seven of them. They live in California. They're they're probably just chill and relax I'm like okay it's seventy five year round I don't care about football,
2: and you know you just you look at some of these Raiders fans and, th- and that's where you really get to hate them is because again since Andy Reid's gotten here no no team in the division has really handled the Chiefs but you look at the, the Raiders and they have fans thinking that that Marcus Mariota is is going to be good I mean give me a break it the, the whole division has delusional fans including the Chiefs but I think that the Chargers. From the fact of not winning a lot uh, to the fact that again their fans are the more the most palatable, they are by far the least hated division rival. I just, I just can't rock a division rival you know apparel. I don't think. Oh
3: no 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 no! I could not do that either. Same time though, I am a big Drew Lock guy. I did go to Mizzou as well, so uh, not against. Oh, the I Chiefs, love Drew Lock. Not against the Chiefs, but I am rooting for a Drew Lock's success. And I think from what we saw last year, he he showed some glimpses.
2: Yeah, and we'll talk about that you know, in mid-May, late May, whenever we do our quarterback rankings. But going back and watching his games last year, all of them on film, I I love what he, he could become. But again, we'll get into that later in May. You wrote a good article on ArrowheadHack.com about this subject right here. And that's from Mike Florio and Pro Football Talk, uh, reporting that Leonard Fournette wants out and the Chiefs could be an option. So I'm going to put it out here. Just as a question, should the Chiefs be in on Leonard Floyd? Before we get into Leonard Fournette, excuse me, (laughs) Leonard Floyd. Should the Chiefs be in on Leonard Fournette? And before we get into like just what it would cost or, you know, all that, just in general, should they be into it?
3: Well, what I wrote about, and a lot of people were upset, but I don't think because they read the entire article. I said the Chiefs should be, you know, pursuing or at least interested, see what the market is, because why wouldn't you? People are like, well, why would you do this instead of drafting one? Okay, we're well, going to take a, what, second, third round draft pick just to get the value of Leonard Fournette. I said give them a fifth this year, maybe a conditional pick the year after instead if they don't want, you know. Fournette only has, like, one year left on his contract. He's not going to go for a ransom's, you know, sum. It's not going to be a ton to get him. If you're Kansas City... Why would you not give up a fifth-round draft pick? Fournette's better than any running back you would get in the fifth round. Fournette has shown he has put some of his childish antics behind him, played in uh, every single game last year except for one week 17 when he was out with an illness. And in the preseason, he was uh, not suited up but was listening to the offensive coordinator's play calls just to get better and learn. This dude is 228 pounds. He falls forward. Are you tired of seeing third and fourth and short go to Blake Bell? Because I sure am. Because Fournette could pretty much change that in an instance, at least giving you some better chances on those third and fourth and shorts. At least get make the defense bite more than Damian Williams. I think have nothing against Damian Williams. I think he's a fine running back, but he's not been proven to do it for a full season, especially in the regular season. Damian Williams has not put together a complete season. Fournette has eleven uh, over, uh, over 1,100 yards rushing and 500 yards receiving on 76 catches. That's doing it both on the ground and through the air.
2: So my my question is, I agree with you. In, in a vacuum, he's, of course, better than any running back that the Chiefs have on the roster. He's also better than, I think, any running back that's coming out of this draft class. If you're gonna go all in on a running back and you're gonna throw caution to the wind and improve that running back room, although Leonard Fournette's a top tier running back, does is he worth it in the sense of is he the best possible fit in the offense that you can get, or do you just say hey he's such a good talent, forget the fit he'll we'll make it work with Leonard Fournette?
3: Well, no, I don't. I'm not even saying that. He is the best fit, but he will make it work. It's a basically a one-year, $4 million deal. That is a million more than LaShawn McCoy got last year. So bringing Fournette, no fumbling problems. A guy who has now proven he has worked on his game to be a viable pass catcher. You could say touchdowns were an issue. He only had three touchdowns last year. Do you think teams were scared of this sixth-round rookie Quarterback who is wearing jorts and a outstanding mustache, or the bruising running back in the red zone. They were scared of Fournette, so of course he's going to get you know, you know, seven men plus in the box. Come to Kansas City, see what happens. See see those running lanes open up.
2: So for sure, I I agree
3: with that. So I'm not saying Fournette like go all in on him. No, I'm only saying if the price is right. I'm saying. Fifth round draft pick. See if it sticks. Bring in Fournette one year, four million dollars. You're not picking up the eight million dollar fifth year option. That's not going to happen. But if Fournette says, "You know what? I'm tired of losing in a terrible organization in Jacksonville, and I want to continually to win in Kansas City," could you see more of a four year, sixteen million dollar deal? More of a you know three year, fifteen million? Again, that may be too high for Kansas City's taste. I get that. I'm just trying to throw out some numbers that could potentially work. Did we think Sammy Watkins, Bashad Breland, Demarcus Robinson, did we all think they were gone? Guess who's all back on smaller deals, on one-year deals at least, but back to try to run it back. They are. Could Fournette do the same thing? It's possible.
2: It is possible. And I, I said it last show with you that whatever offensive move that Reed and Veach make, I would have full confidence in because they understand offensive football more than I do and what they're and what they want. But what you said is is totally accurate in the if the price is right. The, I think that the only way that this move could make me upset it's it's not the trade in general. It's not investing something of value into a running back cuz eventually you're going to have to do that. If if this trade exceeds I I, I would say a 5th round pick, but you know, even at a 4th round pick I wouldn't be too mad. If this trade exceeds a fifth round pick, I'd start to worry about the Chiefs giving up that much for Leonard Fournette. Because again, although running backs do matter, we've kind of we've kind of gone mm. overcorrected in this in this lane uh. where 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 we're saying like they don't matter at all. You've got to have at least some talent at the running back room. I think that the Chiefs have enough talent in the running back room to win another Super Bowl. I I would rather see the upgrades. If you're going to have to spend you know, a fourth-round pick or something higher than that or something more valuable than a fifth-round pick, I would rather that go towards an offensive guard, a linebacker, a corner. Because I think that that running back room, the hodgepodge of, of Williams and Thompson and Washington, I think that that is good enough to win you a Super Bowl.
3: Oh, I, I 100% agree. i Without a doubt, I think if you don't make this trade, the Chiefs are still the favorites. That running back room is fine. I'm just saying this would be an addition that could potentially alleviate some of the pressure on Patrick, especially when it comes to the red zone where the Chiefs for being honest, the Chiefs did struggle in the red zone last season.
2: They absolutely did. So for me, it's it's anything that's more valuable than a fifth round pick. Is there any trade, you know, outside of you know something crazy? Is it, what would be the line of demarcation for you of all right, we probably shouldn't have done this just for Leonard Fournette.
3: Oh, fifth rounder. I think anything. I think if you, I think a fourth rounder is too much. I still think a fourth rounder you could get because it, my, my main thinking here is a fifth rounder. Realistically, it's more or less rolling the dice on a fifth rounder. Mm-hmm. Fournette's probably only going to be here for one season. Let's be real; it's probably going to be a one-year deal unless he does what I said. You know, he, he values winning. And we could say, you know what, no, he wants to get paid, but we thought, you know, Breland and Sammy Watkins and D-Rob, we thought they were going to get paid, and they came back for one more year. And, again, this offseason is different, so that could, could have played a uh, a big part into it. But at the same time, you, you got to have the right, you know, the value. And I think a fifth-rounder is the exact value of Fournette.
2: And I think that of, of all the position groups that they could trade for, the Chiefs, Running back is one where you would get that benefit of, of signing a, a top-tier talent to a cheap deal because, again, we're not paying running backs anymore in 2020. We're all assuming that you can just plug and play six-rounders in, in in that spot at, or, you know, or even undrafted free agents in that spot and, and get enough value. So if the difference between winning a Super Bowl with the Chiefs or at least being a Super Bowl favorite for, with the Chiefs for the next four years or playing for the Redskins for the next five years is... You know, six million dollars. Do you do you just say, "Hey, I'd rather win Super Bowls and improve my legacy rather than go get empty yards in Washington for a couple more million dollars"? So I while think that I, you're right that this is the position group that you can do that with.
3: Well, while I agree, in the NFL, it is wising up to paying running backs, there still are a couple exceptions. The Broncos, Melvin Gordon was an asinine uh, pickup. <laughs> you, you, But to be honest, though, I think the the NFL is wising up to an extent. I mean, Austin Eckler got a lot less than I thought because Austin Eckler Mm -hmm. is pretty much the new school running back, if that makes sense, the, you know, pass catching first, kind of like Christian McCaffrey in a way. But I I do think the NFL is wising up, but I still think it it may be a year or two away from uh, completely catching on, which, you know, there's going to be a market for Fournette when he is a free agent.
2: So this next topic, I think, has a ton of potential in the fact that I, I would be fine if your take was 500 different ways I could agree with you. And that's the fact that there's reports coming out now, whether they're true or not, it's just rumors, that the Chiefs are trying to trade up to get Henry Ruggs, wide receiver from Alabama, in the draft tomorrow night. When you first got that notification, I want to get your initial reaction because mine was off the walls.
3: Yeah, my initial reaction was not much thinking. It was, oh, bleep, this is going to be ridiculous. But then I had to go, okay, okay, okay. Now, how much do you have to give up to get Henry Ruggs? There's a lot of ways where you could spin this. There's ways you can spin it to make it seem like it's a great idea. The way of saying, you know what? You're losing D-Rob and Sammy Watkins most likely after this year. You need someone to step in after that. There's... Uh, the case of having the fastest wide. Re- I mean, you already have the fastest wide receiving core in in the NFL, but why not add more to it? I think if you're looking at the positives. Those are the two main ways to look at it. But if you're looking at the negatives, it's how much you have to give up. You have a lot of holes. I don't even want to say necessarily holes, but a lot of ways you can improve on defense and obviously the interior offensive line. You already only have five draft picks. This this draft class, you know, if you think of a lot more than that, that does not bode well. So, I think those are the main two ways of looking at it. What did you
2: think? So, you're right. Whenever you said that you can go find, you can go anywhere you want to in this and be totally right. Because when I first saw it, I thought. What's the point of this? You're going to give up so many assets and you still have so many holes. It's almost as if the Chiefs are are like me trying to build a Madden team where just make the best offense in the world and just forget about all the other problems. Get six great wide receivers, get an amazing quarterback, and just we'll figure something out on the other end because we're playing against terrible competition. But then you take a step back and you think, okay, I would prefer to have a Kenneth Murray in this draft. If we were going to trade up and get a top talent, I'd prefer, you know, getting a guy like Kenneth Murray, um, but you take a step back and what you said was, was where I landed on all the emotions of getting that report, which let's face it, it's probably not going to actually happen, but it's fun to talk about after getting that initial report and thinking, well, this is stupid. Why would the chiefs do this? You, you, you think about how I think Robinson's going to get paid next year. I think that this offseason, if it hurt any player in the NFL, it hurt to Marcus Robinson. Cause I think that he can get paid elsewhere. I think that Sammy Watkins is gone this offseason. So then you're left with Miko Hardman and Tyreek Hill as your top two. Let's throw in Henry Ruggs, who, who people are comparing to Tyreek Hill, and just go for broke in that wide right receiver room. While it, w- while it would be too crowded this year, next year and, and, and beyond, you're sitting pretty with that top three, and then you can just start plugging in veterans or plugging in whoever you want to plug in at the back end of it. So I fell in the decision of right in the middle – I would be perfectly fine if they did this because of the talent that Ruggs has. Although he's not my wide receiver, one, he still has unbelievable talent. Um, I would be totally fine if they didn't do this. Uh, ultimately, though, I think that there's no way that he falls into the range where the Chiefs would want to trade up for him.
3: Yeah, I, I thought he had a fall, what was it, past like 17 or. Yeah, they said the, into the 20s, and 20s I just don't see that happening. I yeah, I, I don't see it happening either. You know. There's so many wide receiver needy teams in the NFL and just with the way the NFL is trending pass first um, offense driven league you have to think Henry Ruggs will be well gone for the Chiefs to have any chance of drafting that high to get him or trading up that high to get
2: him. And again what what would it cost cuz we we've, we've been sitting on this podcast, you know, since since the offseason started saying, "Hey, the Chiefs are going to trade back. They only have five selections this year." They only have five picks. They need a lot of young, controllable talent because you're going to have to pay Mahomes. You're going to have to try to pay Chris Jones, etc. What would they even give up to do this? I mean, would it would they dip into next year's picks and then throw in their first this year? You know, you know, and, and then are you eliminating another pick this year? You know, you're going to have less than five. I mean, I, I'm interested in what the trade would be.
3: You would have to almost assume that Vich would just keep passing the buck. Just keep saying okay. We'll give, but we'll give up a pick this year or next year, and then the year after that. Okay, we'll keep giving a pick the year after that. So then, you're kind of just almost perpetually in a deficit, but you're not giving up so much in one year to where it's a, a major problem. I, I feel like that's something I could see Beach trying to do, and honestly, I could see it working.
2: I know that we make the joke on on Twitter a lot whenever you know moves happen, but If you're the NFL GM that allows the Chiefs to add Henry Ruggs to this offense, you have to be getting something massive in return. You cannot do that for the 32nd overall pick in like a a third and a second rounder next year.
3: Yeah, I I almost think the NFL GMs, (laughs) especially if you're in the AFC, I can't see them even trying to trade with Kansas City. Even if you give them a King's ransom, the, The AFC GM has got to be like, okay, come on. We can't let them be the next New England and have a complete and utter dynasty. You know, what was it? Like, New England had, what was it, seven straight AFC uh, championship appearances, something crazy like that. And they might do that without your help. Well, exactly. (laughs) The Chiefs may do that without adding rugs. Honestly, I think it's probably a fairly good possibility. But at the same time... You don't want to be the GM that helps them. You would never hear the end of that.
2: I think I, I put out a little bit of a hot take there in the middle of that. Who is your wide receiver one on the board? Because mine's CeeDee Lamb.
3: Honestly, I could go either way with it. I, I could go CD Lamb. I could go Judy. I'd probably say those are my top two would be CD Lamb and Judy.
2: So the, the only way that I see this happening is because of the rumors that we've gotten this week of, hey, you know, the the run on, the one the run on tackles are going to be so high, you know, because there's you know there's a huge drop off between tackle five on the board and tackle six to where they're all going to get taken in the first round, and then hey, the wide receiver class is so deep that why would I spend you know a top fifteen pick on a wide receiver whenever I can get talented and a productive wide receiver in the second and third round? If this happens. The, let's just say the rapid reaction show would be awesome because I I trust the Chiefs not to give up an RG3 level trade to get Henry Ruggs. So they would just be adding him for the sake of adding him. And then in the future, this would be an even better move. And ooh, if, if this happened, I think that we would have a hour long Henry Ruggs podcast after the draft.
3: Well, it also helps that the wide receiver from Colorado, uh, appa- I don't, I'm not gonna try to pronounce his name. I'm gonna completely butcher it, but I believe he is now completely healthy, and I think that also changed some people's minds. And he's also going up the, uh, the draft leaderboard.
2: Yeah, like you, I'm not gonna try to say his name, but he's really, he's really talented. So, yeah.
3: what, what was it? Him or was it the guy from uh, Arizona State that was healthy now?
2: I think it was a Colorado guy.
3: Yeah, I think it was a Colorado They both have very difficult names, and uh, mm-hmm. I knew they were They're both either late first round but probably second round prospects. And I, I keep getting them both confused, to be honest.
2: One other reaction I had to this pick, and I want to know if, if you had this too, not the pick, to the rumor. It seems pretty clear that the Chiefs will take a wide receiver in this draft, though, at some point.
3: Well, I think it's a smart move. I think they should. I know some people will say, well, why? You have so many other needs. But, like we talked about, you probably have two guys gone after this year. And not just two guys, your number two and your number three or four, depending on how you look at the depth chart. Two basically big time con- uh, contributors. You need someone to, first off, mentor them. Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. has seemingly been an outstanding mentor. And I think D Rob has too. I mean, D Rob is the definition of a guy who was getting it done and getting noticed, not just by his receiving skills, but by the dirty work, the blocking ability, the route running. So I think what better guys to learn from than D Rob, Tyreek, McColl, Simi Watkins do it this year. Why not?
2: Yeah, I would, I would love them to take a wide receiver at some point because the draft is so deep. I don't think that you have this kind of talent in next year's draft at this position. Uh, and as you mentioned, the leadership. You, you've got Sammy Watkins, who's been amazing and helped Michael Hardman come along. You've got Mahomes. You've got Reed. And also, though, you have Eric Bieniemy, And I know he's a running back guy, but he's also a very good leader of men and a, and a very good, grounded mentor for these guys to get adjusted to NFL life. And I think that this is the last year that you'll have that luxury. And Matt Kafka, whoever they promote next year, I'm sure will be great. But he has a special talent to relate to individuals and to mentor people and get them ready for professional football life. And I would love to get a, a top wide receiver, you know, in that culture right now, because I do think that, or at least I hope that Eric Bannemi is gone next year because he deserves a head coaching job. He deserved one this year. He'll for sure deserve one next year. So I hope that he is gone for his sake.
3: Oh, hundred percent. I sure hope Bien-Ami, uh gets the opportunity, but I hope he goes to the right place. I hope it doesn't go to Cleveland. I was not, when that became the last option, I was like, you know what, enemy? I hope you don't get the, the, the Browns gig. You don't want that. That That's coach's purgatory right there.
2: And we'll have a ton of time to talk about this between now and, and, and next January. But if he can't get a job this offseason, you know, upcoming, there's, there's some serious conversations to be had about the NFL. Uh, but one of the biggest topics around the NFL, like yesterday, it almost broke Twitter because we were just so starved for sports content, that we live tweet an MJ documentary as if it's a live sporting event, which I enjoyed and partook in. But Rob Gronkowski traded to the Bucks, <laughs> And I, I had so many thoughts running through my head whenever this happened. First of all, how in the world do you get a fourth-round pick for a washed-up tight end the last time we saw him play was slow, unathletic, and then on top of all that, He's demanding to play for your team. You have all the leverage here. He's saying, hey, I'll stay retired if I can't come play with this washed-up elite quarterback. So I'm going to just stay retired. And then you think to yourself, okay, let's give him a fourth-round pick. One of the most valuable picks that you can give up. You know, one through five, I think, are the most valuable draft picks. You give up a fourth-round pick for an over-the-hill tight end who only wants to play for your team, by the way. I don't, I don't get how this happens.
3: First off, it's, it's because, one, Tom Brady basically said, you have to make this deal. You got to get this done. I'm sure Bill Belichick was, you know, they hold his rights. So, you know, Bill Belichick is going to get it and squeeze everything he can out of the bucks. But Bill Belichick really got a fourth-round draft pick for a WWE wrestler. Let that sink in.
2: Luckily, he's not going to draft him. is a
3: wrestler right now. He is like 70 pounds under his NFL playing day's weight. It's it's wild. To, th- to be honest, though, With the nose broke on ESPN, I go, oh, my gosh, ESPN just got tricked by Barry.
2: That's what I thought, too, because th- there was a Barry report that came out a week prior, if you remember, and that people yeah. were falling for it last <laughs> week. I was like, oh, my. we're <laughs> We've put in the B team during quarantine, and they got fooled by... By Barry and these other fake Twitter accounts? Are you kidding me?
3: That's literally what I thought was happening. As my first reaction goes, I go, oh my gosh, ESPN got tricked by Barry. And then I looked it up and I go, oh my gosh, this is real.
2: I just, this move means nothing to me. Besides the fact that the Buccaneers are so stupid to give up a fourth round pick. Like I it doesn't move this. the needle. It doesn't, to me, make that offense better. I'd rather have Cameron Bright in in twenty twenty. I'd rather have OJ Howard in twenty twenty than Rob Gronkowski. The only thing this accomplishes is making your washed up quarterback happy.
3: Yeah. No. That, that, that. that's all I think they want. They want to sell tickets. They want to be relevant. Because let's be real. Even when Jameis Winston was down there, no one really talked about the Buccaneers. It was more or less talked about the. Uh, about Jameis Winston and his turnover problem. Well, now it's Tom Brady. Now you have a lot more people looking at Tampa Bay. You got Mike Evans. You know, you got Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, Cameron Brait, Rob Gronkowski. I don't think Gronkowski is going to even be the starter. I think he's just going to be there on a uh, by-need basis. But maybe the year off helped. Maybe he's a little bit more mobile because he's, he didn't take all the hits. He has lost the weight, so maybe he's not as big and strong, but maybe he could be a little bit more quick. And again, I don't think he's going to be playing every down like he was in New England. I think this is going to be more of a specialty, red zone type of guy now.
2: My question is, when do they trade for Julian Elliman?
3: I think they trade O.J. Howard. I think that's pretty much... I think that's the way you go, right? Trading OJ Howard. Um,
2: but see, I would that hate w- that. To give up OJ Howard because you got Gronk. Like, I would, I love OJ Howard's upside, and I know he hasn't panned out to this point. But for Gronk, that's who you're going to give up. I mean, that's the reason I, why you're going to just no, cancel no, no. the OJ Howard experience.
3: I agree. I'm not I'm not saying it's the, the smart, prudent thing to do, but I'm saying it's what I, I would assume is happening. Again, like you said, OJ Howard, all the upside, not panned out. I think they may know something, or they don't think O.J. Howard's going to pan out, and I guarantee you there's still people that think like us, that O.J. Howard has this crazy upside, and that his value is still relatively high. That being the case, I think they will try to trade O.J. Howard because he does have all his potential still, and they'll be able to get at least, you you know, some solid draft picks from O.J. Howard.
2: Yeah, Julian Elman unfollowed Tom Brady on Twitter, so... You know, he's pretty upset that he wasn't included in the uh, Buccaneers bunch. So, thoughts and prayers out to Julian Oman in this rough didn't, time for you.
3: Didn't take enough PEDs, I guess.
2: <laughs> and then Tony G goes on Twitter and jokes about returning. I have this guy. I I didn't turn on him whenever all the Chiefs, fan did, Chiefs fans did during the Hall of Fame thing that, that he was talking about the Falcons and whatnot. I didn't really care. But this guy, I mean, he just puts himself in the spotlight all the time. I I'm sick of it. And that's an old man take to have. I'm just sick of it. Like, you're not coming back, dude. Just relax, all right? I just think it was a joke.
3: It was a joke. I don't think he's being serious. I, I think he was trying to, again, to be honest with you, this is something that I want to do. I want to I want to write about this because I think Tony, Tony G has gotten somewhat of a bad rap. I, I think, yes, he said some stupid things about how Atlanta made his career. That was a bad thing to say. I do think it could be a little out of context. Everyone knows Kansas City is where he is best remembered. And I think he's trying to get back on Kansas City's good side. And you don't have to forgive him. But I think he's showing effort. He's trying to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I love Kansas City. I mean, I I don't know. I, I think enough time has passed from those comments that he at least deserves some sort of second chance.
2: Should the Chiefs sign Tony Gonzalez coming up on WKYE the Animal? I mean, are we, gonna, we should have that conversation, too. If, if the Chiefs should just go ahead and sign Tony Gonzalez to a, to a new deal and, and let him rock and roll in this offense. But, yeah, I didn't really mind that Atlanta comments. I mean, I understand what he meant. You know, I didn't really take offense to it at all. I mean, what he said was accurate. He played really well in Kansas City. He loves Kansas City. But Atlanta gave him the opportunity to win more than Kansas City did. Um and I want to use this topic to kind of springboard one of my hot takes. This is probably my hottest take, I think, that I have because I'm I'm, I'm not really a hot take guy; I'm more of a room temperature guy. Uh, but can Gronk be considered elite if he only will play for Tom Brady? Yes. He's, now he's been he's been elite with Tom Brady, but it just rubs me the wrong way that like he he will only play with Tom Brady throughout his entire career. He he said he'll retire rather than go to Detroit with Matt Stafford, who's still a, a good quarterback. And he says, Hey, I'll come back, but only for Tom Brady. And I get it. The loyalty factor. But I like the fact that Tony G did it with two quarterbacks and two different organizations, because to me, while it sucks as a chiefs fan, because you know, you'd prefer to have your stars or, you know, all, all their entire career. It just shows, you know, his greatness even more, I think. And, and that's wrong of me to think. And that's why it's a hot take. And that's why it's kind of stupid. But it's just rubbed me the wrong way because I don't like Gronk in general. I don't like his persona, but the I just don't like that he's, he's so demanding of only playing for the greatest quarterback of all time in his mind. You're telling me I that, that if the it. Chiefs <laughs> wanted to pair him with Mahomes, he wouldn't do it because he wanted to go play with Tom Brady?
3: I, I mean, yeah, I, I think he just thoroughly enjoys being around Tom Brady. Let's be real, he's made so much money. He, he has seemingly been very, very smart and prudent with his money. I think all he wants to do is have fun. You know, party. I, I I get hating his persona. If you're like, oh, he doesn't care all about the team. That's fine. But you're telling me if you were in his shoes, you wouldn't be living it up too? You're telling me... If you're Gronkowski, you wouldn't be saying, you know what? I hold all the cards. I'm literally partying right now, making millions of dollars on WWE. They let me win WWE, whatever that wrestling uh, tournament he was in, the 24-7 thing.
2: do not even start on WWE. What was it? do not even get me started on WWE.
3: That's fine. I'm just saying. (laughs) But then Tom Brady calls him and says, you know what? I want you to come play. And he's like, you know what? Sure.
2: Why wouldn't you? I, I like Gronk personality himself I don't like the way that we just like you know clamor to it as like this amazing personality I I don't think his personality is all that interesting I don't think he's I don't think he's as great personality wise as people think he is I I have no problem with what he does because he doesn't hurt the team at all he doesn't hurt himself and he doesn't hurt others so do whatever you want to do at that point Uh, but I just don't like the the society that's just Thinks he's a a riot and a hoot to be around. I just, I don't see it with him, but obviously a lot of people do. But I what's an interesting story for this, I think, and you mentioned it, that doesn't get talked about enough. It got talked about a little bit whenever he first retired. But the fact that behind that meathead persona he puts on, behind that whole, I'm just out here to party and go on a boat, he's very smart and he's very financially smart as well. So he's not just throwing all his money away to party and do that, do all this. I think he's I think the story was he's only using his advertising money. He hasn't even touched his NFL money yet. And so now he's got advertising money, WWE money, and he still hasn't even touched his NFL money. I think that, that that's a a story worth telling, you know, more so than the the, the boats. I know it's not as interesting. By far not as oh. interesting, but I I love it. I love the fact that he's so Behind the mask he puts on, which is a brand that he's built, and 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 I, you know, I I recognize when people can capitalize on themselves and capitalize on a brand that they can build. Behind all of that, though, is a very smart person. I think that that doesn't get talked about enough.
3: Oh, and dude's only like thirty. He's like twenty nine yeah. or thirty. Dude has a lot of fun left in his life. Dude's living it up. I, I I'm all for whatever Gronkowski did. I I, I think he he played. his his cards extremely well.
2: So, let's end the show quickly with our NFL mock draft. The draft comes out uh, and debuts tomorrow. You'll get the first pick, I'll get the second pick and we'll alternate that way. No trades in this draft and we do not know each other's picks besides number one. I know who you're going to take number one. It's pretty (laughs) obvious. But you're on the clock. You're the GM of the Bengals. Go ahead. Uh... hmm. Yeah. I know it's a tough gotta, decision. He, he, Chase Young he, 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 is very really appealing. No,
3: I wouldn't even go Chase Young. I think the only <laughs> other guy you can make a case for is Tua, and that's just still even too much of too many red flags for the injuries. You got to go Joe Burrow. Uh, I think Tua actually may have more upside overall than, than Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow is by far the safer pick. Joe Burrow has, I think, some Drew Brees in him with the accuracy. Um, You got to love Joe Burrow, right? I, I mean, he is by far the number one overall draft pick, especially to the Bengals who need a quarterback.
2: Yeah, the Bengals need a quarterback. He's a safe route. I totally agree with you that he is the safe route and Tua has more upside, but I love the fact that Joe Burrow can, can play in this league. I think for a long time, I also love for the Bengals, which again, this is a business on top of being an actual, you know, competitive sport that he brings you personality and when was the last time that you looked at a Bengal and thought, "Wow, they're really cool"? Now you thought Adrian Green was really good, but when was the last time that you thought a Bengal was awesome and, and was someone that you wanted to learn about and you know listen to and things like that? Joe Burrow has that kind of personality, I think, that can have people gravitate towards him. So, with the number two overall pick for the Washington Football Organization, they're on the clock and. In my opinion, you trade down here as long as you can trade down into the realm of getting still an elite defensive talent, but no trades. I'll go ahead and just go ahead and take Chase Young, although personally, I would rather have Jeff Akuda. but I'll go ahead and take Chase Young. I believe that that's what they're going to do. Uh, Ohio State, you know, defensive, and you guys all know the drill from Chase Young. Great talent in the draft, but my only, my only quibble with this pick, if you're the Redskins, is the fact that. You already have a great front seven. That's the only thing that you're great at is your front seven. You know, you You've got to build the team at some point. You can't just keep keep putting all your investments into that defensive line. So that's the pick yeah. at number two.
3: Yeah, I could definitely see him trading back. I think that's a logical explanation. But with pick number three, uh, Detroit Lions, they need cornerback, especially after you get uh, trading away Darius Slay, Jeff Okuda, the best cornerback in this draft. Maybe the best cornerback the Lions will have, even better than Darius Slay ever was for them. You got to go with Jeff Okuda. This is a match made in heaven right here for these two, this team and this
2: cornerback. So I like our top three. I think that I think that if I had to fill out this competition on NFL.com and, and try to win some money with my picks, I would feel comfortable locking in the top three and, and thinking that they're going to be accurate. Again, considering that there's no trades. But here's where I get unconfidence the Giants, because I don't know what in the world Dave Gettleman's <laughs> gonna do. I don't even know if he knows what the drafts Running tomorrow.
3: Back. Running back.
2: Yeah, I think that he can go tackle. I mean, I would go Isaiah Simmons. I, I think that behind Akuda, he's my second you know defender on the board, just given the nature of the position and the way that you know the defenses are changing in the NFL. So I'm gonna go ahead and take Simmons off the board, but I would not be shocked if Gettleman does something just insane and, and drafts like Andrew Thomas, who most people consider to be like the third tackle on the board. I wouldn't be surprised if he did that, but I'll go ahead and do Isaiah Simmons at pick four.
3: Yeah, I think Isaiah Simmons is an absolute stud. Almost the um, Tyron Matt, he's like a linebacker safety combo. If you look at the the snap counts he had, he lined up at cornerback occasionally last year. I mean, how wild is that?
2: Yeah. And he's what you need in the modern day NFL. You look at, again, you mentioned it, Tyron Matthew safety slot corner. You can even have him as a third down linebacker. If you're really in a pinch, Isaiah Simmons fits what you need in 2020 for your defense.
3: Uh, dolphins pick number five, again, no surprise here. Uh, Tua, I think Tua is by far the second best quarterback in this, in this draft. I'm not super high on the other quarterbacks overall. Uh, Tua, again, you may have some injury concerns. That upside, though, is tantalizing. You don't even have to have him start this year. You still have Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then you have to decide on what to do with the Josh Rosen scenario.
2: I think that Josh Rosen gets traded this weekend. I don't know who to, uh, but I, and I know for sure it's not going to be anything more than like a sixth or something, but I think that he's off the team this weekend. I do agree with you again with Tua, and I wonder who's going to throw the first curveball of the night because, again, we don't know each other's picks, so we're just going live here. Uh, but for the Chargers, I don't like Justin Herbert. I don't think he's a first-round talent, but I think that they believe he is, and I think that they will take him because how long we're going to keep doing this whole you know Tyra Taylor thing. I don't really like Tyra Taylor as a quarterback. So I'm going to give them Justin Herbert because I think that that's what they're going to do. Again, I, I would not draft him in the first round.
3: Number seven, the Panthers. Uh, they need D-line help. Again, probably not a huge surprise here. I I think Derrick Brown could easily go number three to the Lions if they decide to go and bolster the interior of their D-line. So I think Derek Brown of Auburn, I think if he's still on the board at seven, I think that Panthers snag him up.
2: So with the Cardinals, I think that I'm going to have my my first curveball here. Um, Well, I'm going to back off that, actually. I, I think that the Cardinals are in play to trade for Trent Williams. I'll say that. The Redskins want to move him desperately. There's no mending those fences. I still have concerns, though, about how an old, an aging left tackle looks after a year off of football and some red flags in his medical history. Uh, but I think that, that the Cardinals still go tackle in this draft. I was going to give them Andrew Thomas, who I think is the most pro-ready tackle, especially whenever you consider the fact that there is no off-season this, this year, and at least not until July or so, which really throws a curveball at all these rookies. But I'll, I'll be more traditional and go uh, Jedrick Wills, the tackle from Alabama.
3: So I actually had it in the Airhood Addict uh, mock draft. We all got a couple of teams. I had the um, Vikings and the Cardinals. And I actually went with uh, Makai Becton, the massive O-lineman from Louisville. But this is before the— um, I think marijuana charge, whatever he got, but I don't think it's going to hurt Becton too much. To be honest with you, I think Becton may be uh, the best O lineman, in my opinion, in this draft.
2: Uh, yeah, I, nine, I can see him being the top, the top pick in this draft, but you know, in t- the top talent in this draft. But I think that Wills is going to go ahead of him right there, and the Cardinals, whatever they're going to do, I think it's going to be tackle.
3: Yeah. Uh, number nine, Jags. Need some defensive help with all of the <laughs> the craziness that's happening down in Jacksonville. They're getting rid of all of their guys from Saxonville, and uh, when they made the playoffs, when they were good with that defense, they're pretty much all gone. They need to rebuild. Uh, I think C.J. Henderson is probably the second-best cornerback in this draft. I know Chiefs fans want him extremely bad. He's not going to be in play. I think the Jags go C.J. Henderson at number nine.
2: I love that pick. And so for number 10 with the Browns, I am going to go Andrew Thomas for all the reasons I already mentioned. The Browns need to start winning with Odell if they keep him around with Jarvis Landry and then, of course, Baker Mayfield. You need to see what you have. Although I like Becton's upside and potential more, I even probably like Worf's more. I think that Andrew Thomas is still a top-tier tackle talent in this draft. And most importantly, I trust him week one to line up and play football start to finish for you know, four quarters and be a very, very good tackle and to protect Baker Mayfield.
3: So number 11, the Jets need, well, they need a lot. Let's be real here. The Jets need a lot of help overall. They're a bad team, but they need wide receiver more than anything. No idea what's happened with Robbie Anderson. He could be back. He could not be, but they're definitely drafting a wide receiver in my opinion. I'm going with CD Lamb. You could probably go with Judy. Uh, If you wanted to go Ruggs, I think you could make a case for all three. But I'm going to go with probably the most conventional pick for the Jets, uh, CeeDee Lamb, going at number 11.
2: I think we're going to have a run on receivers here because I'm going to go Henry Ruggs with the Raiders because I think that, again, CeeDee Lamb's my number one. I think that Judy probably has uh, more talent than Ruggs, but I think that since Ruggs fits that Tyreek Kill mold and that John Gruden and Mike Mack have had to watch Tyreek Kill twice a year, I think that they're going to try to get their own version of that. Uh, and, and, and really bolster up this offense with this Henry Ruggs pick.
3: I like that, and I think Al Davis would love that pick with the, with the speed he possesses as well. Uh, the 49ers, I think after looking at Kansas City, I, I think the Niners realize they may need some more offensive talent. You, you have a great rookie pick you made last year at wide receiver. Emmanuel Sanders is still there. Uh, no, no, is Sanders still there? Or did he leave? He left.
2: Yeah, I think I'm pretty yeah. sure he left.
3: Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I, there's been so much movement going on. Either way, I think they draft a wide receiver. And either way, I think with what's left on the board, you go with Jerry Judy. I think they'd be extremely happy. Could be the number one uh, wide receiver in the, in the draft. So I think the Niners are very happy getting Jerry Judy at 13.
2: Yeah, Sanders is now in New Orleans. So this is a, a, a pretty good yeah. replacement. And here we go. Your guy, Beckton is going to come off the board right here to, to Tampa Bay. You've got to protect an Asian quarterback. And if I think the guy that they got, has the highest upside in this offensive line class falls to 14, you'd be pretty much doing jumping jacks in the in the virtual war room of Tampa Bay.
3: Yeah, I, I think you have to be. Tampa Bay has to be excited with that pick. Uh, 15, the Broncos. couple ways they could go with this. In my mind, though, after looking at that offensive line and the problems they had last year or last year, especially against Kansas City, maybe that sticks out more because you know we played against them and they got just destroyed. But they need offensive line help. I'm going Tristan Wirfs, offensive lineman of Iowa. Uh, I think he's the next best uh, tackle on the board. I think you got to go with him.
2: So with the Falcons, I think that they're like. Most of these teams, where they, they just need help everywhere, pretty much. And I'm going to give them Javon Kenlaw, who I think can be a wrecking ball defensively and can really improve that pass rush. And in a division where you're going to play the Saints and whatever you think that the uh, the Bucks' offense can be, and even you know a, a Panthers offense that that features uh, Christian McCaffrey and now Teddy Bridgewater along with their good trio of young receivers, I think Kenlaw can be a huge improvement for Atlanta.
3: So, this is a tough pick. The Cowboys. Which way are they going to go? You could say cornerback after losing Byron Jones. I think that would probably be a a pretty good uh, pick for them. But, uh, this is tough. I got to go. I don't know where he's going to go. Gross Matos, the D lineman from, um, uh, from Penn State. I feel like he's probably going to play D-end in the NFL. I feel like he could go to the Cowboys here, or he could potentially fall completely out of the first round. So I think this is kind of a wild card pick, but I have Gross Matos going to the Cowboys at 17.
2: That is a big curveball. I do like him, and I was going to put him on the Dolphins had you not selected him right there, so that's kind of the fun of doing this live. Um, By the way, if we can run through this mock draft with no hitches, the NFL has no excuses tomorrow night. But... (laughs) it's it's certainly this easy right but yeah. nonetheless for for the the Dolphins so right here I think it's too early to take their prize possession who see, it seems like it's it's DeAndre Swift is, is their guy uh, but it, it, I think it's too early you're going to be able to get him at 26 so I'm going to go defensive and I'm going to go Trayvon Diggs I think that he is the best cornerback available right now. I know that people love Jalen Johnson. I know people love Jeff Gladney. Personally, for me, Diggs is my guy at 18 for the Dolphins.
3: Yeah, Diggs is my guy too. I think Trayvon Diggs is outstanding. By the way, when we did the Arrowhead Attic draft with all of the contributors, I had him actually going 22nd to the Vikings. Stefan Diggs' brother, but I go, <laughs> I know it's crazy, but Tr- Trayvon Diggs is just that good in my mind, so... Uh, I think it's a very good pick at 18. Uh, The Raiders, again, they've been actually hitting on a lot of their draft uh, picks recently, so uh, pretty impressive what they have done. I think they also need a cornerback. I probably would have gone with Trayvon Diggs if he was still available at 19, but I'm going to go with Jalen Johnson, cornerback of Utah. He's been getting a lot of hype recently, seemingly skyrocketing up draft boards. Uh, I'm going with Jalen Johnson. Uh, to the Raiders at 19.
2: So here's my first curveball, I think. I think that this is kind of off the grid. Uh, Although, you know, a day before the draft, there's so many mockers out there that you can find. You can find any mock that you want that has anyone going anywhere. But Jaguars, I know that they like uh, Garner but I don't think that they like him long-term. I think that they fall in love with Jordan Love, and they select him at pick 20.
3: Jordan Love at 20. That is absolutely wild.
2: Because if you look at it here, you've got the Patriots coming up who, who, you know, they, they can say they love Stidham all they want to. I don't believe it. I think that they would rather have Jordan Love. You have rumors that they even like Jalen Hurts. Obviously not in the first round. Uh, so, you know, you, you, if you let him fall, I don't think that he gets out of the first round. I think someone buys back in and gets him. And if you like him that much, which the Jaguars probably do, I would assume, I would take him here. And it's it's a bit of a curveball, yeah. spit out there, but I feel confident given the talent that's left on the board that he's probably the pick.
3: So the Eagles at twenty one, uh, I lived in Philly for for multiple years. I was there for their Super Bowl. They need wide receiving help, and they need it bad. Nelson, uh, what's it? Artiega Whiteside was bad. Not not very bad Eagles pick they had Nelson Aguilar has not panned out they need to hit on a wide receiver prospect I think Justin Jefferson may be one of the safer bets so I think they go with uh, Justin Jefferson six one you know two hundred pounds I, I think Jefferson is the correct pick for the Eagles in this situation
2: yeah when we did the uh, mock draft as a site you know a site wide mock draft on airheadact.com, which you can go read right now I had the Eagles and I took Jefferson there. There's so much smoke around this pick that the Eagles love him and want to get their hands on him. I think it's just bound to happen. I've kind of just already mentally slotted him off the board, even you know 24 hours before the draft, that he's just going to be there and be an Eagle at the end of the night. I like it. So for the Vikings, you know, you trade Diggs personally. I don't think that Adam Thielen is good enough to be the number one. And I think that you need wide receiver help. And right here, the best value on the board for me is probably, now this might surprise some people, but Denzel Mims. And he's getting a ton of hype lately. We mentioned the Eagles just now. Eagles love Denzel Mims. And if he slides past 21, I think that he has a lot of upside in this draft and he he can really help that offense that just lost Stephon Diggs.
3: Denzel Mims. i I don't know what to think of him. I honestly don't. He, like you said, he, he's been skyrocketing up. It's just crazy to me, I guess, in my opinion. He could go in the first round. I feel like he could fall away to the third round, and I feel like that's a legitimate possibility with Denzel Mims.
2: Spot on. I could see him getting taken on Thursday or not even being addressed until late Friday. I mean, it's crazy.
3: So the Patriots, what do they do? Jacob Eason. <laughs> they need a quarterback, they need a tight end, they probably need some wide receivers after looking at that squad last year. I don't know if they draft a quarterback. I know everyone wants them to draft Jalen Hurts or Jake Fromm or Ease and just someone. I just don't think, in my mind, you're going to see Bill Belichick and and those guys just draft someone. I don't think that's the game plan. Uh, I think T. Higgins, uh, they need some wide receiving help after seeing them last year. I think T. Higgins is probably uh, a good guy to get. 6'4", big dude. I think this is probably the, the best pick that the Patriots could make in this situation.
2: I love T. Higgins. I think he has so much talent in this draft. If I didn't take Jordan Love at 20... Would you have taken him with New England?
3: I would have taken Jordan Love at at, at twenty three. I don't know if Jordan Love's going to be that great, but I, I think Jordan Love makes the most sense in this situation.
2: So for the Orleans Saints, I'm going to give them at pick twenty four. I'm 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 definitely looking defensive, and I'm going to go Jeff Gladney here from TCU. I think that he comes off the board right here to New Orleans. Kind of tries to shore up that secondary room. I like the pick for New Orleans.
3: I want to say something very quickly. Of all the great linebackers we've talked about, they are all still on the board. Kansas City may have a better chance than we think of getting someone at 32. Uh, 25, Vikings. You just went with Denzel Mims. Um, when I did the mock draft, I, I originally had uh, you know a cornerback going at 22 and then a wide receiver at 25. I think I'm going to switch it around. I guess this time, as I, as you went with Mims at 22, they need a cornerback. I don't know if it's too high to draft AJ Terrell Hill uh, here. I think Christian Fulton actually may be the correct pick because Fulton can play um, outside corner. He's six foot, 197 pounds. I think Christian Fulton from LSU makes the the most sense here at 25 for the Vikings.
2: I like that pick, and for 26 with the Dolphins, I think it's a no-brainer. They love DeAndre Swift. They want a running back. They get a running back. They get DeAndre Swift at pick 26, so I think is the most pro-ready running back in the sense of he's going to survive in the modern-day NFL. He does everything you want him to do. Explosive playmaker. I like pairing him with what the Dolphins have done so far in this draft.
3: So, 27, Seahawks. This is tough. I think offensive line help is probably where they need to go, but I don't know if there's a, an offensive lineman that's going to go, that's good enough to go in the first round. Doing our draft right here, they may not need linebacker, but Calavion Chazon, he is, I think, far and away, the best overall player left right now. I think they have to go with him.
2: I respect that pick a ton because because. You hit it right there, the best overall player. That's something the Seahawks have done, I think, pretty well. It's just, hey, you know what? Yeah, we could reach on an offensive lineman, but is Joshua Jones really that much of an improvement whenever we can get a top talent here? Instead of just feeling a need, let's get you know, a more talented guy who we might not need right now, but long-term, can really pan out for us, and I love that pick. And for the Ravens, here comes their run on linebackers. I think that they've fallen in love with Kenneth Murray. They obviously have a, a huge tie to OU. I mean, half the roster feels like they're from Oklahoma. Uh, I love Kenneth Murray. My my personal linebacker, number one on the board, I'm taking him with uh, the Ravens at pick 28, and that defense gets really scary, and I cannot wait for a showdown against the Ravens this season.
3: So, 29, the Titans. What are they going to do? Honestly... This is tough. Uh, I I want to leave Patrick Queen for Kansas City, and the Titans (laughs) don't necessarily need linebacking help. But they went out and just got an edge rusher, um, the guy from Atlanta. I, I think they're trying to focus on building their defense up. And based on, I think, what their game plan is, focusing on the defense, I think they do go with a linebacker Patrick Queen here.
2: I like the pick a lot, and and I think that we're going to continue this round running on uh, linebackers because for the Packers, I would love to pair them with a wide receiver and a weapon for Aaron Rodgers. I would love to get them offensive line help. But again, is Joshua Jones really worth it? A fine player who I think is probably a second- or third-round type of guy, though, is he worth it at this pick? Packers are are a team, I think, if if we get to this point in the draft and, and our mock draft is somehow totally accurate, I think that they're a team that could look to trade out. But I'm gonna go ahead and give them the Wisconsin linebacker Zach Bond, or, or however you say his last name.
3: Yeah, that, that makes sense there. Wisconsin to uh, to Green Bay. You know, it's pretty easy, right?
2: Nice easy trip across the uh, river or whatever. Wherever they play, <laughs> whatever's around. <laughs> They're at Green playing Bay. a I don't field.
3: Know. Let's be a real. Lambo's just a field, man. Come on. They're, they're not even fancy up nice there. Nice little they, trip
2: across each brewery that you stop through. You know, That's yeah, all they and do, they, right? Is just drink.
3: They, and, and, and eat cheese curds. I, I think that's all they do. Just how in Kansas City all we do is is uh, eat barbecue. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it's got to be drink same. Boulevard. There you go. Yeah, it's the exact same thing, yeah. Uh, the Niners at 31. Uh, went with a wide receiver again at 13. Uh, I, I don't think, even though they could go wide receiver here, I would be extremely surprised. They lost. Uh, DeForest Buckman has been talks of other guys they may potentially lose on that defense. Probably start, you know, rebuilding there. I think Ross Blaylock, um, defensive lineman from TCU, probably makes the most sense here uh, for the 49ers.
2: And so for the Chiefs, instead of just having me pick, let's both pick. You know, a, a, a prospect for the Chiefs. And, you know, of the of the talent left here, again, we would trade back. I mean, I think that we're both in agreement on that. I would totally trade back. Uh, the only running back off the board is DeAndre Swift. And I know that neither one of us want to see them take a running back. So, you're Brett Veach. What are you doing here? If you're just forced to not trade, you're forced, you can't go back, you've got to make this pick, who do you take? No
3: is tough man you're <laughs> i would because uh, you're, you're going to be reaching in my opinion if you have to pick here mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to be reaching I, I think either xavier mckinney safety from alabama i, I think that's probably um uh, a position that people aren't thinking enough about is safety because we know that spags loves using three safeties so i think you could you could see him or I think I think Bryce Hall actually will probably get in the second round. So so maybe you go with AJ Terrell here. I, I, I you know the cornerback from Clemson, six one one eighty five can definitely play uh, outside. I, I think AJ Terrell, if you had to pick, would probably be my pick at thirty two here.
2: So I like that a lot. I want to get your opinion real quick though. You mentioned safety on Kyle Duggar because I think that he's a guy that people are all over the place with. I've read. Where people think that he can be a day one starting safety. I've read where people think that he can be a project that at best turns into a starting safety. Do you have an opinion on him? You know, where do you fall on Kyle Duggar? Obviously not in the first I, round, just in general. Where do you fall on I, him?
3: I don't I'm not gonna lie, I don't have a massive opinion on him. I typically do find myself leaning towards bigger name school players, you know, mm-hmm. SEC or Big Twelve. I, I have I, I would I will admit I have a somewhat of a bias Typically to- towards these bigger school players, you know, he- he's from a South Atlanta conference. At the same time, I think we have to take a, t- uh, a step back and realize the NFL, I feel like more than any other outside of baseball, uh, I mostly compare it to basketball. I don't think it matters as much. You've seen guys from small schools completely tear up the NFL, I mean, who would have thought that Delaware... I've been to the school of Delaware, visited. It (laughs) looks like a high school football field. They had two NFL quarterbacks, including Joe Flacco. You know, so you get sometimes so focused on the school and their competition. But when a guy like Kyle Duggar has been completely dominating, I think that counts for something.
2: Totally. I would would be over the moon if the Chiefs can get him. Obviously not at pick 32 by no means. But just in general in this draft, I would love to see Kyle Duggar. But for my pick with the Chiefs, I'm going to reach here because you said it best. Any pick that the Chiefs make, if the board falls this way, any pick that the Chiefs make at 32 is a reach. And so I'll have to reach here and I'm going to draft Cesar Ruiz, the offensive lineman from Michigan. 6'3", 300 pounder. I think that he can really help that interior offensive line a ton. I'm picking him. It's a reach, but I think that it's it fills a need while giving you you know, one of the best talents left at this point. I mean, outside of the running backs, obviously pound-for-pound t- pound talent, Jonathan Taylor had a great career, and, and Ed- Edwards Halir did as well. But I, I don't trust Jalen Rieger. You know, I, I think he has a, a, a case of the drops. I don't really trust that, especially not in the first round. Jacob Dobbins, never never going to touch running back in the first round. So I like the pick of, of Ruiz here. Yeah,
3: no, I, I like that too. I mean, if you have to pick at 32 – Uh, I'm not taking a running back. The wide receivers, I still think there's just so many you could go with. Uh, I think, yeah, Cesar Ruiz, that makes a lot of
2: sense in my mind. For me, it's between him or Joshua Jones, but I I wouldn't mind your pick either. If if that happened, I wouldn't mind A.J. Terrell from Clemson. Cornerback room totally still needs help, even though they brought back Rashad Breland. I think that we can agree he's going to get a payday next year, so it still needs improvement. Fenton's a good start. Terrell helps that. And of course, Trevor Harris So ultimately though, I like the mock draft. It went off without a hitch. This was fun.
3: Yeah, I know. It was a lot of fun. So if we can do this, there's no way these NFL GMs, like I don't understand all the reports coming out. They're like, Oh, their son, was using too much broad width, or something like that. Like, yeah, are you kidding me? I, I don't have the nicest internet. Like I have a roommate. I have never once had any problem with my internet. How, yeah. how are these people having so much problems with their internet? I don't get this.
2: Yeah, millionaires, because you hit it. I mean, we, we don't break the bank on internet, but I can record a podcast and do like 15,000 other things on my internet without having any interference. So you're telling <laughs> me that, a, that Brett Beach's <laughs> son playing Fortnite is ruining his draft experience?
3: <laughs> I pay $90 a month for uh, internet and uh, cable. Like, there's no way these guys don't have... The three hundred dollar package. There's no way they don't. This
2: blows my mind. I mean, maybe David Gittleman. I mean, maybe he's still on dial up. But <laughs> other than dial-up. that,
3: yeah, he he still got the what's it the uh, the Dell computers or what were the ones that used <laughs> to have like the cow uh, like logo? What was that? Was that Dell?
2: I think that was a Dell. But but he he still uses floppy disks. That's how he thinks that you get on the internet with a floppy disk. Hundred percent, he does. I've had to use a floppy disk once. It was a radio production class, and my my professor had been in radio since they were using record players to to get music onto the radio, so he was a big fan of the floppy disk, and I was confused. I've never seen one in my life before, but it was fun, just like this podcast was fun.
3: This podcast was a lot of fun. Oh, by the way, I actually do have a very, very old-school radio in my living room. I don't have a TV in my living room. The basement I do. In my room I do. Living room I don't. I have a like a 1940s old-school radio. You know, with the tubes in the back and everything, it's awesome.
2: Wow! Now, now that's a conversation piece right there. I've, I've got a record player with a couple couple of vinyls. I don't I don't have the old school radio though. That, you might have won won that retro argument there.
3: <laughs> my my grandfather used to love working on
2: radios, so that's why. Hey that, That's an interesting tidbit, and that's what you get here at the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Which we'll have a quick turnaround day game after a night game. Sterling, we'll be back with a rapid reaction show after the first round of the NFL draft.
3: Love it. Can't wait for this.
2: I sure do miss those baseball excuses. High sky, hard ground, day game after a night game. Man, baseball should be here right now.
3: I miss skipping school and going to Royals games. I, I sure do. Miss
2: it. <laughs> hey, there's no excuse you know, for, for all of you kids out there in school and, and young adults in school to not be thriving in online classes, and I'll leave it at that. But, <laughs> but Sterling... It- <laughs> this is a lot of you know, fun.
3: I was going to tell a story, and I was like, you know what? That's just going to get me in trouble. I, I yeah, let's not incriminate
2: anyone here, but <laughs> we'll save the, the the incrimination for like you know next fall, whenever I'm sure it's past the statute of limitations.
3: <laughs> no, it it, it just had to do with online classes, and um, yeah, yeah, just online classes.
2: Hey, Google. But nonetheless. Uh, You know, we'll be back tomorrow again, so it'll it'll be a ton of fun to follow the NFL draft. Sterling, do you have anything else to add before we get out of here?
3: No, everyone stay safe. Get excited for the draft. Uh, Don't be mad with whatever pick Kansas City does. Uh, Again, we think they're probably going to trade back. That's probably our best guess. The only time and the only excuse you have to be upset is if they somehow draft a running back in the first round.
2: I'm glad you clarified that. You have a right to be mad if it is a running back, and we'll be right there with you on the Rapid Reaction show tomorrow evening. Well, I guess it'll be like closer to midnight, actually, because the draft takes forever to get done, even in the first round. So that'll be a lot of fun. One more thing for you guys here to leave, leave the fans on the on note here. Do you have a draft day tradition? That's you know, Of course, it's going to be thrown off by quarantine, but do you normally do something for the draft? Because I think that people really treat this like it's a football game, like it's an event, and like they get together or they do something for the draft. Do you do anything? I
3: actually don't. Uh, I don't do anything. I, I went to the draft when it was in Philly when the Chiefs drafted Mahomes, and wow, the I was waiting there. It's a long time to wait there. So eventually, I was I was leaving. I was heading out. I was like, I'm not gonna my my house. I lived in a brownstone, five minute walk if that from where the draft was taking place. I could see it like outside of my house, outside of my little third story brownstone room, basically. So I walked there. And I'm leaving, and all, all of a sudden I hear the Chiefs traded up. And so I'm sprinting down the street in <laughs> sandals, <laughs> and then I hear him draft Mahomes, and I just go crazy. It was awesome. I was wearing my, my Priest-Holmes jersey uh, on, that, uh, on that day.
2: Hey, that was much better than my story, which is just normally you know, go to Buffalo Wild Wings, hang out with, with some friends, and watch the draft. So that story was a very good one to leave him off with. That's Sterling Holmes. You can follow him on Twitter at HomestretchKC. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's all in the description. Su- description. Subscribe and review the show wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be back tomorrow, but until then, go read EarHeadact.com. Sterling has some great uh, articles up. We have a ton of content around the draft to get your fill in before we find out the selections. So be good and be good to one another. And we'll be back right after the draft tomorrow for the Rapid Reaction
1: Podcast. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
0: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96%